0: Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator.
1: We set out... 60 extra chairs besides the ones we had last week so we said oh we're good and then we'll just break out the folding chairs if we need them and I think we have the folding chairs and the kids chairs and the wooden chairs and the classroom chairs and the children's church chairs and and still I see so many people standing. God bless you Wow Amen God is doing a new thing in the Bronx And he's using you and me, and and it's going to be awesome, amen? Well, all right, I want to start with something a little fun today. So I need 10 kid volunteers, I need 10 kids to, to maybe line up right in front of me here. 10 kids, come on, come on, quick, 10 kids. 10, come on, you got it. That's a good looking suit right there, brother, you stand right there. 10 of you, 10 of you. 10, line up, line up, line up right in front. We got ten? No, no, we got ten, we got ten. Ten, okay. Help me out with them now. Here we go. You guys are gonna, you are ten little Christians, okay? So when I say, when, when I say that one gets lost, then one of you gotta duck down. We'll start. You, you're gonna, she'll tell them. All right. So here it is, here it is. Here's how I would like to start this morning with a little poem that I found. Take pictures of your kids, they're up in the front. Alright, we'll give you a good photo op. We'll look like we're preaching, go ahead. Smile for the camera, come on. Alright, enough. Here we go. Ten little Christians standing in a line. One disliked the preacher and then there were nine. Nine little Christians stayed up very late. One overslept on Sunday and then there were eight. Eight little Christians on their way to heaven. One took the low road and then there were seven. Seven little Christians chirping like chicks. One disliked the worship and then there were six. Six little Christians very much alive but one lost interest and then there were five. Five little Christians pulling for heaven sure, but one stopped to rest too long and then there were four. Four little Christians, each busy as a bee. One got his feelings hurt, and then there were three. Three little Christians knew not what to do. One joined the sporting crowd, and then there were two. Two little Christians, our rhyme is nearly done. One, They differed with each other, and then there were one. How perfect was that? We couldn't have timed that, right? One little Christian... Can't do much, tis true but he brought her. she brought a friend to Bible study and then there were two. Two little Christians, each one one more. That doubled the number and then there were four. Four sincere Christians worked early and late, each one another, and then there were eight. Eight splendid Christians. If they doubled as before, in just so many Sundays, we'd have 1,024. In this little jingle, there's a lesson true. You belong either to the building or to the wrecking crew. Thank you, kids. Amen. You belong to the building or to the wrecking crew? How many of you have seen every one of those scenarios go down in church? Right? See, D.L. Moody said, out of 100 men, one will read the Bible, the other 99 will read the Christians. That was deep. Somebody should have been, ooh. At least give me the interested look, you know. That's good. That's good. One will read the Bible, the other 99 will read the Christian. So I want to say this to you in front of all of our guests today. It is extremely vital for the church in today's society that we walk what we talk and that we say. What we are and, and, and do it and be it in and out of the church. Amen? Is that fair to say? You see, you, you, and, and those of you that are visiting this morning, you can relax. Because coming to church or hanging around church will not make you a Christian. So take a deep breath, relax. Relax. You, you can't be changed just by sitting there, right? Just coming or hanging around will not make you a Christian. Just like hanging around or going to Kentucky Fried Chicken will make you a drumstick. Right? You can go to KFC every day, every day. It will not make you a drumstick. But, however, there's something awesome about a drumstick that we need to learn in the church. See? And I call this my drumstick theology. A drumstick, if you were to buy it at KFC and, and sit down there and eat it, when you take it out of the box, it's a drumstick, right? And a drumstick, if you were to do it as a takeout, you put it in, your, in, in a box and in a bag and, and you want to eat it in the car, by the time you get to the car and by the time you sit down and open it and open the box, it is still a drumstick, And a drumstick, if you decide to take it home, to not even eat it right away, and you put it in the bag, and you put it in the car, and you drive all the way home, by the time you get home, in the privacy of of just your home, with nobody looking, if you open the box, that drumstick is still a drumstick. Amen? And that drumstick, should you decide to save it, should you decide to freeze it and, and, and save it for a year and a half and, and import it, ship it to another country, to your cousin in, in Budapest someplace. A year later, when he opens that box, it might be a little nasty, but the drumstick will still be a drumstick. Amen. Does anybody kind of see where we're going? We got to be the same, amen? See, I want to welcome our guests today, our friends and our family members to a hypocrite-free zone. Say amen. Say amen. A hypocrite-free zone. I'm tired of people saying, everybody in church is a hypocrite. Everybody. And and the the thing is that a lot of times it's true. A lot of times they're right. Right? And that's an indictment on us, right? Yeah. But but we don't, that's not how we roll here. That's not what we believe here. That's not how we stand here. So I want to welcome you to a hypocrite-free zone today. I am so excited that all of you are here. It's so awesome that we can come together this Easter as a family. I love getting to know new people. I love I love watching new people come and and kind of just feeling that fit. Some of you know what I'm talking about? Right, I, I, And I hear this all the time from a lot of you. When I walked into the sanctuary, when, when I had one service there, I just felt like that belonged. I felt like I belong, right? And, and so I love, I love seeing people kind of just have that experience. And that can only come from a genuine, real, authentic love. And so I pray that you feel that today, whether it's your first visit or your hundredth. I pray that you would feel that belong today, that fit. We've been so blessed here at the sanctuary in such a short time. We've been a church, and and one of the reasons I think that we've grown so much and continue to grow is just that the people here are authentic we're just real, you know. And I know it's not about me, I know it's not about the musicians, they're incredible, they're gifted, I know it's not about the, the hoodlums that we have painting up on stage, I know, I know it's not about, you know, anything of that. I know that it's just that there's this real people here. We're just authentic. And authentic people draw authentic people, right? See, that's the problem with hypocrites and liars and deceit is that they draw people just like themselves. So liars draw liars. Hypocrites draw hypocrites. But we're just declaring this a hypocrite-free zone. Listen, when we were planning to move into this building, I had all of these great ideas. I was going to do this mass mailing, right? And I said, man, we're going into, we were coming over maybe 60, 70 strong you know, from, from the other building and, and coming into this huge building which doesn't look so huge anymore, but you know, when we got here, it looked so big, you know, we put our little blue chairs in the center and you know, we had them maybe like three in a row so we could have 19 rows, you know, to make it look like there's a lot of, right? And so, but we said, when, when I was coming here, I wanted to, to I said, I'm going to do this mailing. I'm going to make sure everybody in the community gets a, gets a letter saying we're the community church and we're here. And I wanted to do these flyers and post flyers on the bulletins, you know, outside and, and just kind of get crazy and blanket the place with flyers. And then I wanted to put these huge signs. Remember those that were in the meeting with me, right? We were like, and we're going to put these big signs, these big S's on the building so that people know, you know, that, that, that this is the church now. This building has been in the community for so long it's been a bakery it's been a warehouse it's been you know and and i wanted everybody to know this is a church because people how are people going to know how are people going to find us well we we moved in and the time came due and we were just overwhelmed because people just kept finding us and people just kept coming. And, and the mass mailing never went out. And the, the flyers were never made. And if you look outside, the signs were never done. We just haven't been able to catch up. Because God is so good. And he's been so good to us. Amen. Even just the other week, we, we, we decided we're going to take a step of faith. And we raised some money. We're going to order some chairs. We'll order four more rows, 56 brand new chairs. And we were so excited about that. And and they were coming. They were supposed to come before Easter. The salesman promised me, right? So then this week, I'm on the phone checking Monday. Call me back Tuesday. Checking Tuesday. Call me back Wednesday. Checking Wednesday. Oh, just call shipping on Thursday. I got everything ready. Everybody's ready to just finish those chairs and send them up to you. Thursday. Oh no, we just got the fabric. Those things ain't even built yet hold on, let me get you somebody. I said, you better get me somebody. I started losing my mind. You better get me somebody. They get me somebody and the person comes and says, okay, those shares are going to ship the week of the 31st. And then was just real cut and dry with me. Oh, thank you. And we got your money, so (laughs) leave me alone. Thank you. And so that day, I got to tell you, I was discouraged because last week, if you know, there was, there was a lot of people here. and like, we, we didn't have enough chairs and, and I wanted them here for, for Easter. I wanted these new chairs here for Easter. So I was discouraged. I was getting upset. I was kind of getting stressed out. And that night, Thursday night, a pastor friend of mine happens to come and we meet and we talk and, and he tells me, oh man... Tomorrow morning, I got to rent a U-Haul and I got to go to the Sheraton in Queens because they have 200 banquet chairs that they got to get rid of. And I said, excuse me? He said, they got 200. No, he said they had 600 banquet chairs they got to get rid of. And so I kind of just said, oh yeah. um, So you going by yourself? You need help? You know, somebody going to help you? I mean, you know, this... And and little by little, obviously, you know, we went and we, we filled up a truck. We took as many as... I think we ended up with like 160-something chairs. We got 60 here. We put 100 in his church. And, and we were blessed right on time. Amen? Right on time. Because God is so, so good. And I love... See... I love the fact that just, just people are just bringing people, and, and there's no signs on the building, and there's no, we're not uh, doing any clever mass marketing or anything. It's just people are just bringing people. And I, I just believe it's because when people are truly loved on, when people just feel loved, when they get loved on, they have to pay it forward. Amen? Right? When you feel loved on, when somebody gives you something, you just, you have to give it to somebody else. You, you feel that. And so we're just seeing that, that experience. And, and when people experience the presence of God, I think really what, what's have, what lets people just feel the presence of God here is the absence of religion. You know, religion has been so oppressing and so, and so uh, tying and so keeping people from God for such a long time that when we just kind of, let's, let's build a place, let's build a church with no religion. That, that it was like people think we're crazy, but it's so refreshing. And, and so people have had that experience and just you need to love on others. Whoops. You okay. All right. We need to love on others. And as a matter of fact, most of you, if not all of you, are here today because somebody loved you enough to invite you. Isn't that true? None of you, amen, none of you saw the little magnetic sign that I put up on the the wall last week. That didn't draw anybody. That might have kept people away. None of you saw the outside of the building and say, whoa, that must be a... None of you were attracted by anything else other than somebody loved you enough to bring you today right? See, it's because somebody had enough faith in God to, to know that if I could just get them into his presence, something could happen. Amen? I know. I've heard you guys tell me that. You said, you know, and, and I've heard you, you, you tell me how you tell people that, listen, I know you've been to church and you don't want to go to church. Just come to my church just once. Just come here just one time. Because because we have this kind of belief that we said, if I know, if you just get, nothing about the church, if you just get into God's presence one time, something could happen. Amen? If we can just get them close enough then then God can touch them. And so that's why some of you are here today. If, if possible, would you just glance over at the person that begged you and made you and forced you or de- bribed you or paid you to come? Would you just take a look at them and smile? Would you just give them a smile? Because they loved you enough to risk rejection. They loved you enough to nag you to death to try to get you into God's presence. And I pray that you'll be happy that they did before you leave here today. I want to read a scripture to you because I'm a pastor. That's kind of what I should do, right? And so I want you to read the scripture. We probably can't see it up there, but if you have your Bibles, you can turn in Luke chapter 5. We're going to go to Luke chapter 5 and say, praise God when you get there. And if not, you can try to see it on screen and read it with me. I just want to read you this story about these guys who who felt the same way that a lot of you felt today. They said, if I could just get my friend into God's presence, something could happen. And so in Luke 5, it reads like this, starting at verse 17. It says, One day he was teaching Pharisees and religious teachers were sitting around and they had come from nearly every village in Galilee and Judea, even as far as Jerusalem to be there. And the healing power of God was on him and some men arrived carrying a paraplegic on a stretcher. They were looking for a way to get into the house and set him before Jesus. They just wanted to get him in God's presence. And, and it says in 19, and when they couldn't find the way in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, they removed some tiles, and let him down in the middle of everyone, right in front of Jesus. Impressed by their bold belief, he said, friend, I forgive your sins. Now that set the religion scholars, Pharisees buzzing. Who does he think he is? That's blasphemous talk. God and only God can forgive sins. But Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking. And he said, Why all of this gossipy whispering? Which is simpler to say, I forgive your sins, or to say, get up and start walking. Well, just so it's clear that I'm the son of man and authorized to do either or both, he now spoke directly to the paraplegic. He said, get up, take your bedroll, and go home. And without a moment's hesitation, he did it. He got up, he took his blanket, and he left for home, giving glory to God all the way. And the people rubbed their eyes, incredulous, and they also gave glory to God. Awestruck, they said, we've never seen anything like that. Isn't that an awesome story? I love that story because it's so easy for me to bring into today's time. It's so easy for me to see that today. And so I'm going to kind of give you my version because it's so easy for me to make that transition. At least in my head, the way I think, right? It's so easy. See, the version in my head, these are these are four thugs that have recently been touched by God these four guys. They are four thugs that were hanging out in a drug park up the block and and some youth pastor risked his life and, and just did some kind of outreach in that park and somehow got a hold of these four thugged out guys with hoodies and Tims and, and kind of just got a hold of them and they just got radically changed. Right? And, and so that's how I see. Those are those four, those four guys. These are four former gang members and God touched them in a street park and, and just got a hold of them and they haven't been the same since. Okay, in my version, it's two brothers, a Hispanic and an Asian kid. Right? And, and somebody else, you know, got them into the presence of God and they were changed dramatically. And, and when they heard that Jesus was back in their hood, they said, we have to get Flacco in front of Jesus. He's Flacco because he's a paraplegic. You know, he didn't have a lot of muscle tone and stuff. So so they said, we have to get Flacco in front of Jesus because if we could get him into his presence, if we could just get Flacco able to, 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 to be there right before Jesus, something could happen. God could touch him. Flacco's going to stand up. He's going to walk. He's going to be able to play ball with us in the park. Amen? Because, see, they were tired of just dragging Flacco to the park and leaning him up against the fence while they played ball all day, and he just, you know, got to watch them. And and that, that was their boy. That was their, their homie. And they, they wanted to bring him. They said, if we can just bring him before Jesus, something could happen. Amen? So they go and they get him. They bring him to the house where Jesus is. And and when they get there, they they find out you know that there's no room for him there. They find out that there's no place. The doors are jammed. The religious folk got it all filled up, and the religious folk are there in their holy garbs. So let's put it to today. They're in their three piece suits and they're decked out, right? And and these guys come with their hoodies and their tims, and and the guys are like whoa whoa whoa. It's Easter, brother. You can't step in church like that. There was no place for them. And they said, yeah, but, but Flacco has to see Jesus. We got to get him before Jesus. We know that if we get him before God, something could happen. But there was no room for them. So they said, we can't get in the house. So the two brothers said, there's got to be another way in that house. Don't get offended. I'm just joking. You know what I'm saying? And and the Asian kid says, "Well, technically, the roofs on these houses are made pretty thin." And so the Hispanic takes the knife from his sock and and he starts and he starts cutting, cutting a hole in that roof. And before you know it, they they're, they're throwing Flacco down the hole and they're leading him. They say, "Hold on, Papi, hold on!" And they they're sending him down. And the awesome thing is, you know, they they just wanted to get him in God's presence. Amen. The ultimate thing is something beautiful happens. The moment it says that the text tells us that you can read it in Matthew and Mark and Luke. Everybody gives their own account of it. But the text tells us that as soon as the crippled man was in front of Jesus, something happened. As soon as he got there, something happened. Verse 20 says, impressed by their bold belief, he said, friend, I forgive your sins. Those are two radical statements. First of all, Jesus called them friend. Do you know that God calls you friend? Do you know today that God can call you friend? And and the second thing he does is he says, I forgive your sin. Now, you have to, you know, think, think about that because the text doesn't tell us that, that, he was, that he asked for forgiveness. The text doesn't tell us that he even believed. That. He could have been forced there just like some of you were today. He could have been bribed there just like some of you were paid to come today. He could have been, you know, made to feel so guilty that he agreed just like some of you today were made to feel so guilty because it's Easter, you have to go to church at least on Easter. Right? I don't want to shout nobody out, but I know there's a lot of Easter crowd up in here. This is the one day of the year you come to church. Well, I'm just happy that you're here. Amen? So we welcome you. But, but the text doesn't tell us anything about his, his state. All we know, he's a paraplegic. So all we know is he couldn't get there on himself. He had to be brought there. And so all we know is that they brought him down. And so, you know, and, and the first thing that Jesus does is forgive him based on the faith of not him, but his friends. Isn't that incredible? And, and it, says, it says, you know, we, we look at a crippled man, a paraplegic, a sick person, and we say, man, we, we think what that person needs is healing. He don't need forgiveness, he needs healing, right? And I mean, that's kind of the way we look at it, but Jesus looks at a person and thinks the most important thing that person needs is forgiveness. So He forgives him, He cleanses him, He purifies him, and then He empowers him, Amen? See, healing isn't always about the physical, it isn't always about, you know, He healed his spirit, He healed his physical body, He empowered him, He told him, take up your blanket and walk. And now, although the text doesn't tell us, it doesn't tell us about, isn't clear about his faith or his attitude before he came in through the roof. It sure is clear about what happened after he came in through the roof. Amen? The verse 25 says, without a moment's hesitation, he did it. He got up, he took his blanket, and he left for home, giving glory to God all the way home. Amen? See, so we didn't know his condition before he got there, but we know his condition after he got there. We know how he left. Amen? Amen? He might not have come in as a believer, but he sure left as one how does that apply to me why do you think your friends your family your co-workers your relatives why do you think they brought you here today why do you think they they encouraged you to come why do you think they were willing to pick you up why do you think they were willing to drive you why do you think they were willing to go out of their way to get you here Can I tell you, it's because they love you. It's because they care about you. It's because they want better for you. It's because they want to see a change in your life. It's because they're tired of seeing you maybe hurting, maybe discouraged, maybe depressed, maybe broken, maybe ill, maybe sick, maybe lame in your spirit, in your emotions. And, and they're, they're in their hearts, they, they just want you to come, not to make the church bigger, not to, to make this any better, but just because they said, if I can get them in God's presence, something could happen. Amen? Amen. Can I tell you, your friends want you to be empowered. They said, if I can just get them in God's presence, God can do something. God's word says, and it's his will, that none should perish. That we would all live empowered lives. That we would all take up our blankets and walk today proclaiming God's goodness and go all the way home giving him glory. Do you know that it's God's will that as you leave this place today that you would go all the way home giving God glory. I pray, I pray that that would happen today. The Word says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So I believe this morning that Jesus is impressed by the bold faith that some of you had in inviting your friends, in inviting your family. And I believe that He's ready to move, that He's ready to touch, that He's ready to heal, that He's ready to forgive. Amen? Where's Kristen? Where's Kristen? Kristen wrote a little something. Life with Jesus and life without. Why don't you read it right there?
0: Life without Jesus. There would be no life without Jesus because he is the creator of the universe. If you do not have Jesus in your life, you will not have peace, love, and harmony. We will all be lost without him. Life with Jesus gives us hope. He gives us peace, love, and happiness. Life with Jesus is beautiful, and it is filled with
1: harmony. Amen, amen. Is anybody tired of disharmony? Is anybody tired of war in your spirit, of war in your home, of war on your job? Is anybody looking for that harmony? Is anybody looking for peace? for God's answers, for for God's consolation. You've heard it from a child today. You've seen it in dramas today. You've heard it from the choirs and from the worship team. You've, You've seen the message of Easter today. What's left today is up to you. See, when they nailed Jesus to that cross on Good Friday, He endured it because He knew Easter was soon to follow. He knew that you and I would never be able to celebrate not only Easter, but any Sunday for that matter. Because without the sacrifice of Good Friday, Easter would be impossible. Without the sacrifice of Good Friday, healing would never be experienced. Without the sacrifice of Good Friday, forgiveness would never be attainable. See, Romans 3.23 puts us all in the same place. It says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Turn to somebody and say, all. 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 That means the good looking guy in a three-piece suit to the guy in a t-shirt and jeans to the guy with no... Well, everybody has a shirt on, so that's a good thing. But but you understand what I'm saying. All, all of us fall short. Short. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The word says there is none righteous, not a one. But even on that Friday, toward the close of that horrible day, after the beatings, after the humiliation, after the torture, after the abuse, he was hung between two thieves. See, because of those circumstances of their lives, because of the crimes that they had committed, because of of, of who they were and what they've done, like the paraplegic, those two sinners were forced to be in God's presence. And the word tells us in Luke 23 that one mocked him and the other received him. And to the one that received him, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. So two men forced before the presence of God, one chose life and one chose death. Can I ask you a question today? Which thief are you? Would we bow our heads for a moment? The Word of God already established that we're all thieves. We're all sinners. So which thief are you today? Who will you be today? Will you be the one that mocks Him? Will you be the one that leaves a time like this mocking? Or will you be the one that receives Him? See, I asked these artists today to illustrate for you both sides of the cross. Because I didn't want to just show you the gloom and doom of death on a cross, although the cross symbolizes death. I didn't want them to just show you the beautiful abundant life through the cross, although the cross symbolizes life. But we celebrate Easter today because through His death and life, We can have death to our old ways and life to the ways that God has for us. Amen? Would you just listen to the words of this song? You just bow your heads with me for a moment father I thank you Lord God for your presence I thank you Lord God that you loved us enough to pay the price I thank you Lord God that you released redemption with your blood I thank you that you paid the pardon Lord and I ask you today Lord God here we are in your presence. Would you touch us? Would you forgive our sins? Would you would you speak to us the words of life? Would you tell us to arise? Would you tell us to walk? Would you tell us to give you glory? I believe that you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I believe, Lord God, that that same power is available today and so I just want to ask you today before we leave before we we take our our Easter Sunday clothes and and go have our Easter dinners and our our Easter lunches before we we gather with family before we leave and and just have the, the sweet time that we planned for the rest of the day would you just stop today for one moment and consider the cross would you consider the death that took place on this cross that you may have life? Would you consider the death on the cross that gave us life? And if, and if God has been speaking to you today, would you be bold? Would you be bold enough, even now, right where you are, to just stand, and say, God, in your presence, I stand. If you've never made this, uh, this, this a decision before, if you've never considered yourself a believer or a Christian, but you're saying, God, I want to be a believer, like, like in the word, help my unbelief. If that's you today, would you stand? Would you join those that are standing already? Because we believe today that in God's presence, something could happen. In God's presence, something has to happen. Amen. Amen. Give you a few more seconds. Somebody brought you today because they cared so much for you. Because, not because not they didn't want to sit alone, but because they didn't want you to be alone. They didn't want you to not experience the presence of God. They knew that if I could just get them there, God, the rest is up to you. And so God, we're not trying to generate something. We're not trying to force anything today. But we know, God, that if we could just come in your presence, something would happen. Can I ask you to seal it today? To seal it today. To be even, to, to start even on your first day to start walking in boldness. Can I ask you to come join me? Can I ask you to come forward? Would I ask you to just come and stand with me as the worship team comes perhaps and joins Martina? Can I ask you to just stand in God's presence and allow God to speak to you? Allow God to, to minister to you. Allow God to touch you. Saints, would you applaud them? Would you encourage them? Would you just cheer them on? Would you tell them how much you love them? Would you show them how much you care? There's room. There's room. Come on up. Come on up. There's room. Don't don't go breaking through the roof yet. There's room. There's room. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. And if I could have those maybe from our prayer team, if you would just come and and start to, to, those on the prayer team here, if you would just come and start to minister. Just start to speak words of life. Start to speak words of encouragement. Start to release destiny words on those that are here. Go go to someone you don't know and just start to pray over them. Just start to release words of power on them because I believe God is ready. To change God is ready to release and and to many of you that are up here God is saying your sins are forgiven take up your your mess take up your bedroll and walk and be free
0: thank you for supporting the sanctuary fellowship we are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God serving people and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.